three, two. Welcome back to Yes Functional Longevity Podcast. We give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Good afternoon. My name is Chris Borda, best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness. I would like to start off by thanking you for taking the time to listen to what I have to talk about today. I think it's a super great subject, and um, hopefully you'll find it interesting. For those people who are looking for us, or you can find our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I know that we're on Spotify and we're sent out there and all over the place. So if not, you can catch us right here on Facebook every Tuesday. Or head over to our website, yesfitnessct.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page where it says podcast, and you can get all of our podcasts there. We're on 207 today. So we don't have any housekeeping. It's middle of summer. People are on vacation. People are taking some time off from exercise, which is always a good thing. Yes, I said that. It's a good thing to take a little time from exercise. Hard training. Get a little detraining effect. Let your body recover. So I have for you today a topic that I've spoken before about before, and uh, we have some new information on it, new data, so I thought I would share it with you. So it is an effortless activity that's associated with an increased brain health. Yes, we are talking about sauna bathing, and it has been long associated with long, uh, lower death rates for cardiovascular disease and stroke. But research now is also showing an association with cognitive and mental health. And I thought that would make this a special topic for today. Not just the fact that we're going to get great benefits for cardiovascular health, but also our brain and mental health. So let's just define saunas here a little bit because we know there's a couple of different kinds of saunas. We have traditional sauna that heats up the air around you. Those are the ones with the rocks. Throw some rocks, rocks on there. Get the heat up nice and high. Get some humidity in there because there are some actually health benefits that humidity as far as viruses go and the transmission of viruses. Not going to get into that today. Um, we have enough information for one day. Just talking about mental health. Um, so that warms the air around you. And then there's the infrared lamps, which is really much more, um, you'll find more common. They use electromagnetic radiation to warm your body directly. Kind of like almost like a microwave sort of, right? It's not heating the air, it's heating your body directly. And these saunas use infrared panels instead of conventional heat to easily penetrate that human tissue, heating up the body before heating up the air. Now, I know you might be concerned with the fact that, hey, what's going on here? Should I be heating up my body like that? Research shows that there's no harmful effects with infrared saunas. And we're going to talk about those contraindications to sauna use or sauna bathing all the way towards the end. But before we get into that, let's talk about sauna bathing in general. So saunas, just a little bit of recap. Uh, sauna bathing has been around for centuries and it's associated with slowing e-aging process sauna exposures, the whole body to extreme heat, which is a form of a stress. The effects of heat stress on longevity have been shown in both flies and worms. We do research on flies and worms, right? Increasing your lifespan, increasing your lifespan by as much as 15%. And you're saying, well, what about humans? Well, there's some studies that show great benefits, right? And I've discussed this before, a large Observational study in humans has identified 
strong links between sauna use and lower risk for age-related conditions such as cardiovascular disease and now cognitive decline in premature death. It's a cognitive decline that we're going to get into in a second. So we're going to talk about this study, for example. Okay, so the studies, uh, one study is a huge study of participants in a Copio ischemic heart disease risk factor, the KIHD study. If you're not familiar with that study, it's an ongoing prospective population-based cohort study of health outcomes in more than 2,300 middle-aged men from Eastern Finland. There's probably as many saunas in Finland as there are in, as there are homes. They are big into it over there. And the study found that men who use a sauna two to three times a week were 27% less likely to die from age-related disorders such as cardiovascular disease than those men who didn't use the sauna at all. So jumping in that sauna two to three days a week, 27% likely to die from age-related disease like cardiovascular. But... They have found that sauna usage is also dose-dependent. And we're going to see that throughout today's talk. Men who use the sauna roughly two times as often, so four to seven times a week, experience roughly twice the benefits. They were 50% likely to die from cardiovascular-related causes. 50%. And we're going to be talking about this later. The dosage is about 20 minutes, 19 to 20 minutes. And since cardiovascular disease, diseases are leading causes of death globally, an estimated 17.9 million people died from cardiovascular disease in 2019, representing 32% of all global deaths. Of these deaths, 85% were due to heart attack and stroke. 50% decrease in that number would be pretty significant. The KIHD findings also showed that frequent sauna users had a 40% less or 40% less likely to die from all causes of premature death, 40% of all causes. These findings held up even when you considered age, activity levels, lifestyle factors that might have influenced the men's health. And we've talked about this before, and we're going to talk about a few more of the benefits, kind of what happens here. So let's continue with our quick little review here. Um, I guess in the links I could put the previous podcast we talked about, it, but you go to the page. You can find it pretty easily, right? We only have 200 podcasts. That's not that many. So here's what happens. This is what the body, how it works when you're exposed to this extreme heat. The skin and the core temperature increases marketably, right? We begin to sweat. Sweating is good for us. Blood flow, roughly 50 to 70%, is redirected from the core to your skin to facilitate sweating. The average person loses approximately a half a kilogram, about one pound of sweat, while sauna bathing. And we know how good sweating is to remove persistent organic pollutants, POPs. Those toxic substances, POPs are toxic substances, and they're composed of organic compound-based chemical compounds and, and mixtures. And the best way to get rid of them is through sweating. Plasma volume increases. The liquid component of our blood increases to compensate for the decrease of the core blood volumes. 
It provides a reserve source of fluid for sweating and prevents rapid increases in our core body temperatures, promoting hyperthermic conditions, which is a form of heat tolerance. That's how the body tolerates this heat. Our cardiac output increases. It's a cardiac output, if you don't know, is a measure of the amount of work the heart performs in response to the body's need for oxygen. It increases by 60 to 70%, and your heart rate, the number of beats per minute, also increases. So those of us who exercise probably recognize these same physiological responses to sauna use, and they're just very similar. So, for example, if you take your heart, right, doing a moderate intensity exercise, your heart rate's going to go up. It's going to go up in your bathing session, right? And it may go up to 100 beats per minute. Turn up the heat, your heart rate may increase to 150 beats per minute. So, the benefits of sauna use that we've talked about before is extremely similar to those benefits that you get from moderate intensity cardiovascular exercise. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more later on. The World Health Organization estimates nearly 18 million people die each year from cardiovascular disease, roughly one-third of deaths worldwide from cardiovascular disease. And cardiovascular disease is largely preventable through ice-pop behaviors such as sauna use, exercise, nutrition, all those types of things, right? But now, research now shows that people who engage in long-term sauna use typically experience improvements in several aspects of cardiovascular health, including um, reduced blood pressure, improve uh, endothelial function, improve left ventricle function in the heart, reduce markers of inflammation. In fact, sauna is even good for cholesterol. Uh, significantly a statistically significant decrease in total cholesterol and LDL, the bad cholesterol, as we said, was observed during three weeks of sauna treatment and in the week thereafter. That's a significant decline in triglycerols was, di was, direct, was found directly after the first and the 24 hours after the 10th sauna session. So it's even good for cholesterol. So... What we love about the sauna is, what's really cool is that it's a form of heat therapy that is proposed as an alternative to exercise for people who are unable to engage in physical activity due to chronic disease or physical limitations. So if you can't exercise for some reason, try to get yourself a sauna and get in there because you're going to get the same benefits as you would get from moderate intensity exercise. But those are just some of the signs of heat stress that are visible. The responses we can't see are invisible ones. The ones to heat stress occur to the cellular and molecular level, like through hormesis. Hormesis, as we've talked about, is a defensive response that occurs following exposure to mild stressors. It's good for the body to have hormesis. The result is the triggering of a vast array of protective responses that the body elicits long-term adaptations, re repaired cell damage, and protect from subsequent exposure to more devastating stressors. In addition, the KIHD studies also revealed that frequent sauna use reduced the risk of developing two disorders associated with age-related cognitive decline, dementia, and Alzheimer's disease. 
sauna use reduce the risk of developing two disorders associated with age-related cognitive decline, Alzheimer's and dementia, just to repeat those. But again, it is dose-dependent. Many use the sauna four to seven times per week, had a 66% lower risk of developing dementia and a 65% risk of developing Alzheimer's disease compared to men who use the sauna only one time per week. I mean, that is super cool. So now we know that sauna is going to give us all kinds of benefits for cardiovascular health, right? But our brain cell health and mental health are now going to benefit from this. And to me, that's exciting results. Anyone who might have any kinds of Alzheimer's dementia, even, I'm not going to talk about it too much today, even like Parkinson's and those type of neurologic degenerative want to get yourself a sauna. Not only has the sauna use been shown to improve mood, but it's also associated with a significantly lower incident of dementia. Alzheimer's disease is the most common neurodegenerative disorder, and it is seen as about 33% of the people over the age of 85 degrees. So according to the World Health Organization, Alzheimer's disease is now the third it's the third leading cause of mortality in high-income countries like the United States. Need to start living like they do in Finland. Let's get some saunas. I don't have any stock in saunas. And personally, I don't have a sauna yet. I have my little envelope where I'm saving some money, putting some money aside for sauna. And you say, well, you exercise. What do you need a sauna for? We're going to talk about that in a few minutes as well. Because your brain is vulnerable to harmful effects of aging. It battles the effects of oxidative stress and unhealthy dietary patterns and everyday energy metabolism works against long-term cognitive function. Heat-induced responses, however, protect the brain. And here's some things that it protects it and how it does it. Increased expression of health-derived neurotropic factor or BDNF. It's a protein that acts on neurons in our central and peripheral nervous system to promote the growth of new neurons. Who doesn't want new neurons growing in their brain? Improve blood flow to the brain, facilitating clearing of amyloid beta, a protein associated with Alzheimer's disease. Amyloid beta, let's get it out of the brain. Prevention or reduction of symptoms of depression, so it helps with our mood. Large increases in the body's production of beta endorphins and endogenous and endogenous endogenesis opioids that are part of the body's natural pain-killing system. It increases production of neuroepinephrine, which improves focus and attention. So it's going to help us stay focused more. I know we see commercials all the time for supplements to keep you focused. Hey, just get yourself in the sauna and Get a lot more other benefits of it. And it, and it helps increase the production of prolactin, which supports myelin growth, which is a critical feature in repairing nerve cell damage. So let's talk about at the molecular level. Research has identified a variety of heat stress-induced molecular mechanisms that modulate aging and con cognitive, pardon me, cognitive declines such as those that mitigate protein damage in aggregation or 
activation, activate androgynous antioxidant repair in degradation processes. Those are all mouthfuls for me today. Some of these mechanisms include increased expression, protective factors like number one, heat shock proteins, which we've talked about before. You want heat shock proteins. So heat shock proteins are a family of proteins that are activated in our cells in response to mild hyperthermia. They have prominent roles in many cellular processes, including your immune function, your cell signaling, and your cell cycle regulation. They protect cells by repairing damage and misfolded proteins and help clear aggregates of damaged proteins from the cells. This is exciting research on heat shock proteins as a potential treatment for neurodegenerative diseases. Studies in cells and animals have shown that increases in heat shock proteins in the brain decreases the abnormal protein aggregates. We do not want to have abnormal protein aggregates, and it increases brain cell health and longevity. We want those heat shock proteins to help, the, help maintain the integrity of the protein in our cells. Now, genetic variants of some heat shock proteins are associated with longer lifespan, which we've discussed in other podcasts. So we want heat shock proteins. Also, NRF2, which is an emerging regulator for cellular resistance to antioxidants. So NRF2 activation provides protection against antioxidant stress and chronic inflammation, the underlying causes of most chronic diseases. And then we've got FOXO3, which is a transcriptional regulator that plays an important role in human lifespan and health aging. So we want more FOXO3, which helps regulate autophagy. And autophagy, if you don't remember that term, is the body's way of cleaning out damaged cells to regenerate newer, healthier cells. Good things, all good things for the brain, right? It uh, increases interleukin-6, which is a pro-inflammatory cytokine, interleukin-10, which is an anti-inflammatory cytokine. These two proteins that moderate your body's inflammatory response. There's more. There's more that's going to help the brain and the, and the brain health. Sauna, it's peripheral nerve growth. So sauna bathing has been shown to promote peripheral nerve growth and health. Damaged nerves treated with far infrared regrow faster and slower. So rats treated with far infrared after sciatic nerve injury showed improved function in nerve regeneration with nerve cells growing faster with greater diameter and with thicker myelin sheaths. Good stuff. It has a positive effect on automatic, uh, autonomic immune system. Okay, nervous system, I should say. Keeps it in balance. So the autonomic nervous system controls our physiological state. When we're in a sympathetic state, it activates our fright, our fight or flight response. It increases blood pressure, elevates blood sugar, and decreases digestion and healing. We don't want to be in that state. 
We want to be in this parasympathetic branch that, that activates the rest and digestate. It decreases our heart rate, blood pressure, diverts blood flow to the internal organs. It promotes digestion and healing. We want to be in a parasympathetic state. That's why we breathe before we class. We are designed to spend the majority of our time in this parasympathetic state. However, constant modern life stresses can cause chronic sympathetic activation, leading to many diseases of chronic stress, including heart disease, diabetes, gastrointestinal problems, depression, and anxiety. So the sauna bathing has proven to activate the parasympathetic nervous sense. So you want to bathe for that. And then we have some other things about the mental and well-being. In addition to neuron health, the far infrared benefits include improved mental health and cognitive function. Sonas has been shown to prevent depression and anxiety and even to affect the risk of psychotic disorders and toxin-induced psychosis. Pretty heavy stuff. Sauna therapy improves your blood flow to the brain and increases mental alertness and performance on mental tasks. So it, it's been shown in studies to improve symptoms of chronic fatigue syndrome and improve your sleep. So why take the pills when we can get into the sauna and, and, and get more benefits, other kind of benefits, right? So just a growing body of evidence, both observational, clinical, um, mechanistic studies suggest that sauna is associated with many health benefits and may offer means to slow the effects of aging. Now, through research, we've kind of developed some protocols here to maximize our efforts at sauna bathing. So what you want to do is you want to do it a frequency of four to seven times a week. We could see when we went from two to three to four to seven, when we doubled that, we went up to almost 50%. And we want to be there in approximately 20 minutes per session. We want the temperature to be at least 174 degrees Fahrenheit. Optimally, it would be 176 to 194. You're really going to sweat in there. And if you do get a sauna, you're not going to be able to jump in there right out of the gate and go for 20 minutes at 174. You're going to have to get acclimated to this a little bit. And if you can't handle 174, and let's say you're... 125, 130, then you need to go a little bit longer to get those same benefits. You need to get to 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes. What I like about it is just 20 minutes in and out, 20 minutes out of your day, four to seven times a week. I think, you know, I'm saving for one. I got other things I need to save for because I need a driveway and I needed a roof, but it's on my list of things. I put money aside each week so I can get a sauna. So some people, that would want to certainly always consult your physician if you have any questions. So some contraindications to sauna bathing would include unstable angina pectoris, recent myocardium infarction, and severe aortic stenosis. So anyone with any kind of cardiovascular problems really should be talking to their doctor about this. But sauna bathing, however, is safe for most people with coronary heart disease with stable angina pectoris and other old myocardial infarction. So talk to your doctor about that. Don't ever drink and go into sauna. Very dangerous. Anyone who's pregnant, seek medical advice. I don't want to give medical advice. I'm not sure that you should be take, going into sauna if you're pregnant, but I bet you in Finland, 
There's some women that are going into the sauna even when they're pregnant. So, so I want to get back to exercise here a little bit and, and these benefits because a lot of the benefits we're talking about here, you're going to get with exercise already. So if you're if you're already exercising, right, you might be saying to yourself, what the heck? What do I need to do this for? Why would I get a sauna if I'm already exercising? Or if I'm not exercising, why do I need to exercise if I'm getting in a sauna? Well, exercise is number one. You probably know that I'm going to say that. You're going to get the most benefits from exercise, the best benefits from exercise. But if you can't exercise, certainly jump in a sauna. But if you're exercising and you're doing a sauna, there's an additional benefit. So what this study showed is an additional cardiorespiratory fitness in a combination with frequency, frequent sauna bathing, that's three to seven sessions per week, had a synergistic effect on lowering cardiovascular and all-cause mortality. The strongest reduction in mortality were found in people with high cardiorespiratory fitness and high-frequency sauna bathing followed by high cardiovascular fitness and low-frequency sauna bathing, and then low cardiorespiratory fitness and high-frequency sauna bathing. So if you do, if you exercise and if you're cardiovascular fit, even if you're not as cardiovascular fit and you're doing some sauna work, you are going to get even more benefits out of it than if you just did one or the other. And, of course, exercise is best. That's why you need to do both if you can. If you can afford a sauna, if you can get into a sauna at your gym, if you might have one, I don't know. Because you get even more out of it. So sauna therapy has profound benefits on the brain and mental health, as well as cardiovascular fitness, right? It decreases mental decline in the elderly and is associated with a lower risk of dementia and improves mood, well-being, uh, and Alzheimer's. So there isn't much more than that. It's not much more important than your quality of life, okay? There's nothing more important than trying to extend our lives and be able to function during those lives. So yeah, okay, so now we're going to be cardiovascular fit, but if we're using a sauna, we're going to be able to stay mentally fit. And that's important because you don't want to be 80, 85, or even 75 and be a vegetable. So what if you're all physically fit? But if you have dementia, what good is it? So take advantage of this stuff. It's out there to use if you can. Go on it with your neighbor maybe. Get a sauna. And let's get in there 20 minutes, four to seven times a week, 175 degrees. And that'll uh, bring you home. So I hope this information was uh, helpful for you. I've talked about sauna before, but I thought this mental aspect of it and mood aspect of it was important to point out. Just give you another reason why you might want to start putting some money away in a cookie jar to buy yourself a sauna. That's what I'm doing. So I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen to what I have to say. I hope it was helpful. I hope it gave you more insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. And if it was, you can look for more information next week. Stop by the gym if you have any questions or give me a call at 860-673-4293. I'll leave a comment in the post and I'd be more than happy to get back to you. Have yourself a great evening and I will talk to you soon.